A lot can happen in three years, like a chatbot may be your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare Tri Term Medical Plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget friendly coverage that lasts nearly three years in some states. Learn more at uh1.com. My business used to be weighed down by the complexities of in person payments. Then, Stripe Tap to Pay on iPhone came along and changed everything. With Stripe, I streamlined my payment process effortlessly. No more juggling different methods. Just a simple tap on my iPhone and transactions are complete. What's truly remarkable is how Stripe caters to all my customers' preferences. Whether they're using cards, Apple Pay, or other digital wallets, Stripe ensures a smooth checkout experience every time. Setting up Stripe was a breeze, taking just minutes to get up and running. From local markets to global retailers, Stripe helped me expand my reach and grow my business with ease. To learn how Tap to Pay on iPhone and Stripe can help grow your revenue and reach, visit stripe.com slash tap iPhone. Hi, everybody, and welcome to Scientists in Tech, a mini-series on DTNS. I'm Dr. Nick Yackermans, and for our final episode today, I will talk to Dr. Georgi Chenchev, a plasma physicist at the University of Antwerp, and also head of a startup called D-Carbon. He explains what plasma is and how he uses it to break down greenhouse gases. We also talked about how to build your own plasma reactor, which you should not do at home. Okay, now it's recording. So go ahead and introduce yourself and what you do. Uh, all right, I'm Georgi Trenchev, uh, postdoc at the University of Antwerp and CTO of the startup Decarbon where we use plasma technology to convert carbon dioxide into useful gases and materials. Let's start with the with the startup. And in very simple ways, like, how did you come up with this? And, and what's plasma? And what's going on? <laughs> no, okay, but then you might have to cut the pieces and get them together. Uh, I don't know, I'll try to have a better story now. Because to be fair, I didn't think about it. Uh, so uh, <laughs> let's say like this. Plasma is the way nature converts energy into uh, matter or okay. vice versa, the otherwise. Uh, every process that you see, uh, every major process that you see in the universe, star formation and degradation, this is essentially plasma transforming energy into solids or materials or matter. And back while releasing uh, radiation in the form of light or heat. What does it look like? Well, what it looks like when you see the sun, uh, the, this is a giant bowl of uh, highly uh, highly heated plasma. It's a okay, process. good example. Yeah, a process, uh, yeah. And in this process, you see uh, the um, matter being converted into energy and um, that's how we get the uh, radiation from the sun light and heat sure uh why why, why I start with this is is because that's what we want to do in decarbon we want to use plasma to convert um, gases into uh, other materials or other gases uh, by just by using electrical energy that converts it so you're trying and, to take like these harmful gases out from the atmosphere yeah. through some kind of filter yeah, well, the, the plasma is uh, is a converter. So we have carbon dioxide, which is a greenhouse gas, and we can find it in many industrial processes. You can start mm. with uh, ammonia production, steel making, uh, just general combustion processes. And when you pick it up from there, 
uh, you have to do something with it because uh, by itself, it's pretty much useless. Okay. However, if we convert it with plasma, we get uh, carbon monoxide, which is a far more useful molecule. Um, it has many applications in the, um, the steel making industry, uh, for also for uh, creating um, hydrocarbonic gases and uh, some applications in plastics. And this gas as a commodity is very expensive. So what we want to do is to use this as an incentive to install this technology for carbon dioxide conversion to mm -hmm. carbon monoxide. And the industry is seeing a lot of traction in this regard. Uh, we have, uh, so far we've had, uh, been, we've have been hearing a lot about green hydrogen. And mm. now the new talk is about green carbon monoxide. And that's thanks to you. <laughs> well, hopefully, but other other companies are working on it as well. You're converting the greenhouse gases with plasma. What's happening in this black What's box? What's happening is that this uh, greenhouse gas goes into the uh, plasma state. What the plasma state is, when you put enough energy in a gas, uh, the molecules inside, they start to disintegrate. Why? Because you normally you have some stream of highly energetic electrons. And electrons are very small, uh, but very fast. Mm. And once they uh, hit a bond in some molecule, they simply disintegrate it. And you get a new molecule. So in the case of CO2, you get CO and one free oxygen radical. The, mm -hmm. This free oxygen radical will later recombine with another one, form O2. And there, there you have it. You have carbon monoxide and oxygen as a result. Nice. And in the plasma, this ha happens very fast. So you have these highly energetic electrons just bombarding everything. But uh, afterwards, once these molecules disintegrate, you have radicals as well. For instance, carbon, uh, oxygen radicals, they're also very active mm. on, their, uh, on their own. They also disintegrate a lot of molecules. So some people refer it uh, as a chemical soup that is super active. <laughs> and uh, if you it in the right way, you, you get useful reactions. That's a good metaphor. Yeah, I'm, I'm sure you're yeah. a little bit, it's not completely exact, but it's good for us non-physicists who uh, have no, a very general no, grasp can, of how electrons I can go work. Into more, I can go into more details, but sometimes uh, it's easier just to uh, have the general concept. Yeah, because this general concept is applicable pretty much everywhere. And so in your research that isn't the startup, are you, are you also doing similar things? What kind of machines are you working with there? I'm using uh, plasma reactors. So these are atmospheric plasma reactors where high voltage is applied to a gas and then this gas transits to a plasma discharge. And uh, where I'm working at is trying to optimize these reactors for uh, higher energy efficiency. So, so you're just blowing up gas all day long? Pretty much, yes. So we are looking for ways to blow up more gas, as, more, <laughs> as much as gas possible with the energy that we use. Because that's a, the crucial parameter, how much electric energy are going to spend to uh, disintegrate a certain amount of gas. The more, right. the, more you, uh, yeah, the more you disintegrate, the better, of course. And you're trying to make it efficient and more worth your more while. More efficient, yeah. 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 And so... I, in my head, this looks like kind of a mad scientist setup where you have a lab code and you're blowing up stuff and you go, ha, ha, ha. but actually it's all computer-based, right? <laughs> well, uh, plasma science relies a lot on computer simulations, yes, uh, for a few reasons. Uh, these processes are extremely fast and extremely small. So measuring them uh, accurately is uh, quite challenging in an experiment. 
Mm-hmm. So you can, yeah, you can measure the final result, but you don't know what happens in between. That's why we use uh, computer modeling, which sim- simulates the particle uh, interaction in the plasma, uh, all the electrons, all the uh, atoms and molecules and all these excited states and so on. And uh, then we can have an insight of the parameters that control their behavior. And then you um, can tweak them. Yeah, yeah. From and yeah, and once we have a, a working model, then this is a tool for engineering. We can now use it to uh, design a, a reactor or a certain uh, parameter in the reactor that we need, and so on. So, what would you use a plasma reactor for in a real world setting? In the real world setting, we would uh, it would be just uh, uh, one uh, chain block in the entire chain of um, yeah okay. of the industrial application so uh, imagine that you have uh, chemical processes that yeah that produces something and releases co2 but uh, that's usually not the case you have uh, other gases mixed in the in the stream uh, what comes okay. out of the chimney uh, you might have sulfur uh, water vapor um, carbon monoxide itself uh, you might have methane and nitrogen and whatnot so there you, can, you need a capture stage that uh, only captures the gases that you need to process. Mm-hmm. So we don't need to process nitrogen, for instance. Uh, we want to only process the CO2, so we need a capture stage. And that capture stage, yeah, that's, a, that's an entirely different story. So that's, again, a chemical process that needs to separate the gases that you need, pressurize them, and send them to the equipment that uh, is going to convert them. Now that, that's a plasma reactor. Once a plasma mm-hmm. reactor converts it, you go through another stage of separation because you end up with carbon monoxide and oxygen, right? So you need to remove the oxygen and deliver the pure uh, carbon monoxide. And that's also what your startup does. So that, so yeah, it comes yeah. full circle, actually. So yeah, what the startup wants to do, what the car wants to do is a full circle. So we yeah. want to complete the entire chain. And uh, yeah, the plasma is just one part of it. Uh, the others have to come in yeah, from all sides and get together. <laughs> and we have to align them in a way so that they uh, work yeah, optimally. Hi, this is Janice Torres from Yo Quiero Dinero. If you own or operate a business, whether it's a local operation or a global corporation, partnering with Bank of America could be your smartest move. By teaming with Bank of America, you'll enjoy exclusive digital tools, award-winning insights, and business solutions so powerful You'll make every move matter. Position your business to capitalize on opportunity in a moment's notice. Visit bankofamerica.com slash banking for business to learn more. What would you like the power to do? Bank of America N.A. Copyright 2024. The Claude 3 model family from Anthropic is your one-stop shop for enterprise AI. With models at every point on the price performance curve, you no longer have to make trade-offs between intelligence, speed, and cost. Claude 3 Opus sets new industry benchmarks for intelligence. Sonnet strikes the perfect balance between skills and speed. And Haiku is the fastest and lowest cost model on the market, perfectly designed for high-volume, high-speed use cases. Join the thousands of enterprises who trust Anthropic to keep them at the frontier. Visit anthropic.com slash Claude today. My business used to be weighed down by the complexities of in-person payments. Then, Stripe Tap to Pay on iPhone came along and changed everything. 
With Stripe, I streamline my payment process effortlessly. No more juggling different methods. Just a simple tap on my iPhone and transactions are complete. What's truly remarkable is how Stripe caters to all my customers' preferences. Whether they're using cards, Apple Pay, or other digital wallets, Stripe ensures a smooth checkout experience every time. Setting up Stripe was a breeze, taking just minutes to get up and running. From local markets to global retailers, Stripe helped me expand my reach and grow my business with ease. To learn how Tap to Pay on iPhone and Stripe can help grow your revenue and reach, visit stripe.com slash tap iPhone. Okay, I have a question. Georgi, when we met and I went to your apartment for the first time, you showed me and, and our yeah. friends that you had built your own little plasma reactor in your apartment. Uh, how does one build a plasma reactor and why are you so obsessed well, with plasma? <laughs> first, yeah, the first question, uh, it's actually very simple and a little bit dangerous. So uh, you can... <laughs> Order these kits on uh, AliExpress, uh, actually, that um, <laughs> you have a small board where you have to build a high-frequency generator um, with two transistors. And mm -hmm. uh, then you have to supply it with some power. You can get some power supply. You can even use a laptop power supply. And then you have a small transformer. Mm -hmm. And these transformers were used before in these big CRT TVs to provide high voltage. Okay. And they're not in use anymore, but I think they're still in production. And uh, one of these transformers is just, uh, yeah, uh, the first coil uh, is wounded uh, with a very thick wire coming from this generator. And the secondary coil, yeah, it's uh, encompassed in plastic, but it provides a very high voltage. Mm -hmm. Put all of this in a box and you have a high voltage generator that can make plasma if you put two electrodes uh, opposite to each other. And so how much energy is coming out of that i believe you said well, it's very dangerous <laughs> that tiny thing uh well it it produces about 50 to 100 watts of power mm -hmm. uh, it's not super powerful uh, but it uh, gives um about 30,000 volts so it can okay. uh, ignite plasma at a distance of about one to two centimeters uh, now, like how high voltage is not the big, biggest problem here. It also uh, provides a decent amount of current, 40 to 50 milliamps. All right. And there are ranges there. So um, 0 to 10 milliamps, I think it's not that dangerous. But then 10 to 50 is very dangerous because it goes throughout your body very well. <laughs> and over 100 to 500, then it just gives you burns and so on. Uh, oh. <laughs> after, yeah, there are tables about this. It's, it's bizarre. <laughs> But if and at some point, it turns you to dust, right? <laughs> yeah, yeah. if it's too much, if you get struck by a lightning. But this little thing, I think it's just in the right range to kill you. So you have to be careful. <laughs> okay. <laughs> but so is lightning plasma? Yes, lightning is also plasma. All right. So are stars or uh, the aurora borealis, uh, that's also plasma. And is that what started your love for plasma? Like, what got you into this? Yeah, I thought uh, at the time, I think I was looking for something that uh, could provide more fundamental uh, research than just basic electronics. Mm -hmm. Because I've been doing electronics for most of my life. And, uh, and to be fair, I got a bit bored from just analog circuits and so on. And I wanted something else. Something that uh, could kill you easier. <laughs> something, well, yeah, more risky. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> Indeed.
So if you've been working with electronics for so long and plasma, what's the coolest piece of tech that you that you've worked with? The coolest piece of tech? Well, I get excited about about high voltage power supplies, uh, <laughs> but uh, they're not really they're not really that cool. Uh, well, I have to think. What's the coolest thing I've seen? If I have to stick to the world of plasma, it's a plasma based processing machine that is essentially a very long tube that sprays plasma on a large surface. Mm-hmm. It, it doesn't look very spectacular. It looks like a giant printer. Okay. But what they do there is quite interesting because uh, they feed it with a certain foil. So it's a plastic foil for packaging. Huh. Okay. Now, what they want to do with the foil is to transport it in very small sizes, like a sheet this big. Like and an A5, A4. I think so, yeah. But then they want to stretch it from all sides mm-hmm. and make it three by three meters or something. So okay. during transportation, it takes less space, then you can stretch it. Uh-huh. So they, what they do there is they treat it with the plasma because then somehow the fibers in this foil, they start aligning. So when it's in a small, in a small shape, they yeah. are like all over the place like this. Um, and tangled uh, up. Yeah, yeah, tangled up. And not only, it even leaks. Okay. It's more plastic. Once they stretch it, they make parallel lines and it becomes uh, non-leaking anymore. Wow, that's really and, cool. And it actually, and it can actually hold air and everything. So plasma uh, that, is magic. That, that, that impressed <laughs> me quite a lot. Yeah. I love I love all the things that scientists nerd out about <laughs> in their own field that we would never know that really exist. What other you know, closing statements about plasma, would you would you want to to state in that's a really broad question, but you never know. Oh uh, I would uh, I would share an interesting story. Um many people think that plasma is uh, something highly technological and very advanced to work with. But actually I am um, already pretty sure that second or the Third invention with electricity was actually a plasma reactor of some sort. Um, by yeah, at the beginning of the 19th century, uh, people invented uh, yeah, electricity as commodity and it was available everywhere, but there wasn't much else mm-hmm. to do with it than just to put a light bulb somewhere and have light. Yeah. So they started filling tubes with certain gas and place two electrodes in it. And then you get you get plasma. And okay. um, then people would think, oh, but to to do some uh, to perform some processing with plasma, that must be very advanced. I mean, CO two conversion with plasma. Yeah, that's that, what I that, think. That, that, that's super advanced. No, well, well, the first paper uh, that uh, that was published uh, on this topic is from eighteen seventy five, I think. It's Man, in French. yes. <laughs> Uh, and it um, back then the term plasma did not exist. Uh, they called it electrified gas of some mm-hmm. sort. Okay. Mm-hmm. That's how much French I could read. But they even put carbon dioxide in the plasma and they measured the conversion. And it was uh, not even too far off. <laughs> so the way they measured it, uh, they, en- they enclosed everything in a yeah in a glass jar and they put a balloon on top. Mm-hmm. And once the plasma ignites, it starts converting the gas. And for every CO2 molecule, when it converts, you get CO and O, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. So two molecules, so one to two. 
And then, yeah, the balloon starts expanding because you have the gas expands. You yeah. have more, more, more molecules and more gas. And then they measure. Oh, it expanded this much. That's a conversion. <laughs> and they describe the process even. And it, yeah, it's, I would say it's plus minus 20% accurate. That's so Not funny. Yeah. That really beats like, you know, I always get upset when I thought I discovered something and I see that someone in the 80s discovered it. But for you, for something so technical, something from the 1800s where they just use a balloon, that must be <laughs> humbling. <laughs> If people want to find out about your startup and about you, where should they find you on the internet? Uh, we mostly uh, are active on LinkedIn. So it's the, our name is Decarbon, but it's styled like D-C-R-B-N. Okay. With a dash in between. Thank you. Welcome. <laughs> Thanks again to Dr. Trenchev for coming on the show. That was our final episode of Scientists in Tech. And you can find me on Twitter at Ackermans Nicole. You can catch more science by listening to the Sunday Science Supplement on the Daily Tech Headlines feed and the monthly science news here on DTNS. 